Thank you. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. If the same spirit is inside of you, it will do the same thing. Amen. The prophet will do and so they take examples. And if I have the spirit of Mozart, I will be painting, I'll do I'll doing the music and every different things. But if you have the same spirit of Jesus Christ, you will do the same thing as Jesus Christ did. We thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God richly bless you. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's a privilege to honor to speak to the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, purchased of his own blood. Amen. So just uh, want to thank the Lord for, for, for serving him. Amen. It's just God's grace that we can serve him. I invite you to go to the word of God. I have a small thought and... Uh, like to share with you this evening. Go to Jeremiah 37. Jeremiah 37, verse 19. Jeremiah speaking to the king. Zedekiah, and he's speaking to him and telling him, 
Where are now your prophets, which prophesied unto you, saying, The king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land? Then now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, so precious word and we cherish them, Father, Lord. And David could say, I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Father, we are also glad to come to your house. When, uh, when, uh, when a dying person, we are also dying people, Father, can come in the presence of the Lord and hear the word of truth, that the words that, that you said, uh, spirit and life, Father, what a privilege and grace us to be. Hear those words. Make them reality this evening once again, Father. Bless your people and meet each every need. Those who are here and those who are streaming, in Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. You can have your seat. I would like to take my thought from one message of the prophet that I was listening to. Uh, God does not call man to judgment without first warning him. And uh, that message uh, just touched my heart and just wanted to share with you this evening. Certainly things that you know for those who are believers, but just to think about that that message was uh, spoken by the prophet in the Brown Tabernacle. It's not a message that was spoken. Maybe you say, okay, it's the people who didn't believe and but to those, the, the believers that he was speaking to, and is encouraging them through that message. But uh, it's also a little bit of message of warning, and, uh, and it was just, uh, just struck my heart. And as, as I was also, my personal study of the Bible as I was read, I was reading Jeremiah, just to see the life of Jeremiah and the warning that he was giving. So it's kind of coincided at the same time, and... I thought, okay, maybe I'll share that. And, you know, God has a certain way to, to lead uh, each person in different ways, but I felt like uh, I would like to share that with you. And uh, as I was also talking to my brother who preached also in Montreal there, and, uh, and the message that he preached there was taking heed and uh, of his, his sermon, and uh, we kind of shared it a little bit. And I was like, I was also in the same thought and thinking about it. and. So, praise be to God, and just uh, want to share that with you. Amen? 
Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any you, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So this battle is to go until the end, it's not to staying on the way, to go until the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. The prophet speaks in that message, says, Everyone has this, God, God doesn't call man to judgment without first warning him. He says, everyone has this, we might say, well, this fellow died without a warning. The prophet says, no, no, God never. You don't know what was in that man's heart. You don't know what's been going on in his life. See, God never brings any man to his death without first warning him about him telling him it's something, a preparation. God is sovereign. He knocks at the heart of every man, giving him the opportunity to come. Now, he might warn away and turn, he might warn away and turn it down and shake his head to eat and walk away, say, ah, it's just a funny feeling. I'll get over it. But anyhow, it was God. God speaking to him and God never even brings judgment upon the earth without first giving the people a warning. God never does nothing without declaring it first what it is going to do. And he gives people a choice. You can do right or wrong. God can never change his nature. His program can never change from what he started. We, because he's infinite and his program and his ideas are all perfect. So God is righteous, is righteous, he doesn't change, his way is to warn every time. But sometimes as human beings, we put that aside as a warning, but it was God's warning. We can never say, oh God, you never warned me, you never spoke to me, you never told me that this, this, that, 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 that about you, you never put anything in me. But God will say, no, I always warned you. Every human being, I always warned him. Before I take him, before I do anything, I always warn, I always warn them. And if you can see in the animals, and they have what they call the instant, they can know the danger and everything. But as a human being, God has put us a conscience first, and a desire to look for him. Every human being has a desire for God. That's why you, the people go for idols and different things, because there is that desire for God. And they want to satisfy that desire with any other things. And sometimes a person, and whatever he does anything, and there is something in the heart, just tell him, you know, what you are doing is wrong. And, and uh, over time, maybe they, they try to, 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 how to say, to, 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 to just to, to, in French, but you understand what I mean. Just to put it <laughs> It's not coming in English, so you just get up. You just have to put it down, and, uh, and, but, but God is still there. It's still, it's still oh, you know, can you hear my call? Can you, can you hear this? And, and we just want to be sensitive when God is talking. And God is, and is talking, he's talking in different ways. He's talking in different ways, or he's using different people, but it's still God talking. Sometimes we have our own way of thinking how God will talk to us. 
God can use a, a young child and he's talking to you. God can use a sister and she's talking, God is talking to you. You think about it. Abraham, God told him, listen to what Sarah is saying. God got God, God, different ways and he can talk to a minister and different kind of minister. Sometimes we think, oh, I want that minister who's so well educated and knows how to speak so well and different things. I'm not talking about myself here, but, you know, but God chooses William Marion Branham, someone who can even know how to put the grammar correctly, but it was God warning to the whole age. And whoever was not listening to that word of God, I'm sorry, it might be not be a very good ending. So, but you have to listen no matter how, who God is using. And in our church, we see young ministers and John and, and, and Maxwell. Brother Andrew, I consider you young too. <laughs> sorry, but yes, but. God is using them and they're speaking to heart in a mighty way. And God is you speaking to heart and to my heart. And just for that time I was going through and God, you correcting me and you're leading me. God used different vessels to speak to us. Amen. It's God's way. And in the time of Jeremiah, when God was, Jeremiah was speaking and warning the king there, the king did not want to hear any negative warning. Whatever Jeremiah was talking to him, he said, no, Jeremiah, you are very hard on us. You are very hard on us. You always prophesy negativity. You always warn us about this king. No, we don't want to hear none of that. In other words, we have to put that in pictures. Whenever you are talking, we just close our ears. We don't want to hear none of that warning. No, 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 no. Can you say something better? Can you say to us something better? Can you? But he says, I can only speak what God is telling me to tell you. And what God is telling me to tell you is that, you know, the Babylonians are going to come and are going to take over because if you don't repent. You have to repent. And you have been there giving them so many times, so many times the same warning over and over and over. You can read it. It's just amazing. One warning them over and over and over and over. And they didn't want to hear none of that. They even they put him in jail. He suffered for the same, the right warning he was giving them. Many times he will come and give them some, a, line of, a line of life and say, come, if you do this, God might spare you. But they didn't want to hear anything. And you see the reason even for the king, at some point he confessed to him and tells him, you know, you know Jeremiah, can you speak to me really sincerely? Can you, can you really can you sincerely tell me what God is telling you? I know what God has done in your life. I know what God you spoke, what you have spoken. The prophet were saying, because the king took himself, and he was just listening to the prophet and to the priest, and the people were only telling good things. You know, the Babylonians are going to come. They will take you only for two years. and It's not going to be for so many years, as, as Jeremiah is saying. They're putting some things a little bit to try to, to, to belittle the thing or to try to dilute it. And that's what the king was listening to. The army was listening to the princes. The princes were listening to, and the priests and all the different people that they were listening to, but didn't want to hear what Jeremiah was telling them. So when all the people died, or the people, their prophecy couldn't be prophesied, it couldn't be fulfilled, rather. And then the king called Jeremiah to ask him, well, what, what can you tell me sincerely what God told you? And he asked him, king, if I tell you, are you going to kill me? 
to know you are not going to kill you, to kill you, but can you just tell me sincerely? And he tells him and says, you know what, king, indeed, the, the Chaldeans are coming. Indeed, they are coming. And if you just submit yourself to them and just serve them, God, might, God will spare your life. And, and, and even though he heard that, he didn't want to hear, and himself confessed to him, you know, I have so much. People, I'm afraid that people, people, who have, the people around me are going to punish me. I'm just paraphrasing. Are going to mock me. Are going to mock me. He put his pride ahead of any other things. Instead of getting the warning, he took it, put the pride and put it on top of that. Jeremiah was not loved, loved, it was so much. And the same time that you are living, we have received the prophet in our time who has given us so much warning. It is the one who has told us, it's a time that we lit a candle and swept the house. The coming of the Lord is at night. The writing, the writing is written. It is written in the Bible. We are living to see it. Will you, by the persuasion of my voice, receive Jesus Christ in this hour? We have received the message where the prophet constantly is saying, you know, the coming of the Lord is at night. The coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is here. And we have heard that so many times. Somebody have heard that so many times. And we, 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 we kind of put it on the side. But, but just this time, uh, the event and the things that we have seen happening kind of come again to my mind to think what the prophet says. Listen to what the prophet says. Today is coming is way past due. Way overdue. Should have been here a long time ago. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. So the coming of the Lord is overdue. The coming of the Lord is all way past. We are just we are walking in the time of the grace of God. Because he doesn't want any to be perishing in the time of the grace of God. As I was saying, I was just sharing with my brother, then, then, then we, this discussion came again to, to, as I was talking a little bit. And I just want to share that quote of the prophet and the, the exposition of the seven church ages, the Philadelphian church age. The prophet says there is an overlapping, a melting, or fading into rather than any, than an updrop and a clear cut start. This age particularly flows into the next age. And not only does this age overflow into the last age, but the last age is in many respects simply, simply a carrying on of the sixth age. The seventh age, a very short age, gathers up into itself for one quick work. All the evil of every age and yet all the reality of Pentecost. Once the Philadelphian age has about run its course, the Laodicean age quickly comes in, bringing both the tares and the wheat to harvest. First bind the tares to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. It says, remember please that the Sardisian, Sardisian age started the reformation that must still go on until the grain that was planted at the Pentecost go through the full cycle of planting, watering, nourishing, until it comes right back to the original seed. So many things we can develop here, but I just want to stay in my text, text here. While this is going on, the tares that were sown will have to go through their cycles 
and be harvested also. This is exactly what we see happening. If you can just think of the season, you can get a very good picture of this. The plant that you see growing in full strength in summer suddenly appears to be going into to seed. You can't tell exactly when summer became autumn. It's just fading into it. This is how the ages are, and especially these last two. It is this age that Jesus says, I come quickly. Verse 11. That makes the last age a very short one. Laodicea is the age of the quick work. It is cut short. If like the sea is the small, is the, is the shortest of the old age, could it be that Laodicea, if it is small of the old age, and we see in the churches and we see all the ages for every age, and we could see that Ephesians was the one that was the shortest and has 117 years, and Laodicea now it is at 116 years. So one year left, and if you have to take it, I know that God is the interpreter of the word. We don't want to make a doctrine. We don't want to make it a, uh, that it's a prophecy. We don't want to make it like that. But God is the interpreter of his own word by making it to come to past, to past. And very often, sometimes we make the mistake of putting our own ideas and saying, oh, you know, it has to be this way, this way. That's not one of my ideas this morning. I'm not trying to go that way. I remember when I was young, I was younger one time, and, and I think it was 1992, 94, around that time. And I was testifying to my friends in the school, and I'm telling them I'm full of zeal and everything. I told them, you know, 2,000, you cannot see me here. If you go to 2,000, 2000, I will not be around. You'll be looking for me. You'll never find me. And you'll realize that this message is the truth, and you'll be condemned. Then 2,000, I was still around. (laughs) So I don't want to make the same mistake this evening. So, because uh, I, I learned from experience. <laughs> but I, I'm putting it as a question. What if is, this is the last year? What if this is the last year? God's grace and his mercy has extended it. Brother Banam, when he looked at 1977, he couldn't see anything beyond 1977. It was all dark. He couldn't see anything around that. And he says, I'm not prophesying, but I presume, I assume, presume that, that beyond that it will be over. Because everything was so dark. So we are just living in the time of the suffering of the Lord. Say the time of the God's grace. Expanding his grace to the, to the bride. Expanding that the last one can come in. Expanding that those who can repent. It's a time to repent now. Don't put it for another time. Don't put it another time. Don't put it for another week. Don't put it for another day. It's today is your day. If you hear the word of God, harden not your heart. Don't try to play that game. I've heard that time. I've heard that many times. There will be one time. It will be the last time. And it will be too late if you didn't repent before you gave your heart to the Lord. Now if you hear the word of God, come and make yourself ready. Could it be this year be really the last year? What if it really means that the actual physical year or annual year calculation really correspond to this year? It means we have less than a full year. If there is no further expansion, extension of grace, this will be over. 
But Jeremiah, if you take the type of Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you say the Babylonians will come and they were going to take us over and, and then it will be the end. But they came and then they besieged us and then they left when they heard that the Egyptians were coming. You see, your prophecy didn't come to fulfill, Jeremiah. You are only a liar. We have heard that you, you keep warning that many times. You have told us so many times, but his prophecy came to pass one time. That's why we read that that place is talking now to, to, the, to, the, to the king. Where are your prophets who used to prophesy to you wrong things? Because what I told you came to pass. I told that Ananiah will die and he died. The things that I told you were nothing but the truth. When God is warning you, sometimes the judgment doesn't happen right away. But if you take that warning, it's better that you listen to that warning right there. Don't wait when you start seeing the judgment coming. When Hezekiah was Hezekiah saw that the, the, now they, they have been besieged for a long time, he couldn't escape. Now he tried to escape his own way, and he was caught and he was delivered exactly like Jeremiah prophesied. We have received the voice of the Lord in this last age. No matter how many how many years have passed, it is that save the Lord until it come to pass. Does it mean that we stop everything, Brother Moses? No, continue to plant potatoes. The code for that is that, as Brother Banam should the evangelist continue in the field, says, if you are planting wheat, plant your wheat. If you are digging potatoes, go on, dig them out, say, well, nobody will eat them. That does make any difference. Dig them out anyhow. Yeah, continue on as you are. But it says, must be sin, must be sin, I'm skipping one part, must be sin, solid Christian, that don't put here to work right up the last minute. That I'm putting here to work right up to the last minute. I've got a job to do and I will be right, found faithful at the post of duty. But sometimes we just put on the tight coat and look at, Brother Panam says, he says, plant potatoes. But we need to look, look when he's answering to the questions. He says, in this hour... This is how we start the answering. Of course, what they mean certainly by all means, don't change anything. If Jesus is coming in the morning, preach today like it was going to be 10 years from today. But, li but live like it's going to be at this hour. You can say what you can do, you can do whatever you are doing, but live as if God is coming at this hour. Your life, your fruit, your priority, the things that you, you long for has to manifest that, has to manifest the desire you have in your heart for loving the appearing of the Lord. You cannot say God is coming soon, Jesus is coming soon, and your life is not matching the word of God. You are not obeying the word of God. You have to align yourself with the word of God. We have all the time looking into the mirror of the word of God. God, here I am. Is my life corresponding to your word? Is my life reflecting your word? Is my life in line with your word? When you are planting the potatoes, be like the builders of the wall of time of Nehemiah. In one hand, you are doing your work. But in the other hand, don't forget to have the sword of the word of God all the time. You are working, you are doing different things as a woman and as a man, different things. But where is the word of God in my hand? We have received the sword of the word of God. Let us be continually in our hands.
In other words, why do you want? I'm going to ask Brother Branham as we're answering the coming of the Lord. Sometimes we'll speak just to put the balance. says, if I had $100 million, I believe the Messiah is coming. I will support a mission, missionary program that will sweep around the country right quick and get the church ready for him. I will do it. God bless you, brother, for having that desire. Therefore, I'm convinced that the Messiah is coming soon, and I'm concerned about the gospel getting everywhere that I can. I know that it can be gotten. I'm interested in missionary programs. That's why I'm here tonight to put my words of the gospel with Brother Joseph. And it continues on. In other words, there's so many extra things. And don't focus on the extra things. And the extra out of extra out of extra out of extra, you know. I'm here and because I have, to have extra and on a Sunday I have to skip Sunday. I have to skip the church service because I want to make some extra, some extra what are those extra, extra, extra if you really believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming? What if this is the last year? What are those extra, extra really going to mean to you? You know, I had an electricity cut in my area one, one of these days, I think last week. And I had so many things to do, so many things. My plan for the night and everything. And when the electricity went, just put everything. I couldn't do anything. And I had to relax and take my kids and play with them, whether you like it or not, and go and buy McDonald's because the food was not ready. And then I was just thinking, oh, Lord, how it happens in life. You can have so many programs and everything. When it's time God calls you, he calls you. All other things are just left behind. You can have so many programs, so many projects and everything, but where do you put the value for your soul? If this is the last year, where are you putting your priority? Do you give enough time to God? Do you make sure that your heart is right? Because sometimes we think that it's a priority, but then realize it has no value at the hand. I could have skipped that. Could have given a little bit more time to you, Lord. Now that time I was sharing with my wife, I said, well, you know, my life, although I grew up in a message, but when I look back, if I could only read some of the book of the Bible so many times in my life. I had so many times when I was younger. If I could read, if I, God could give me an opportunity to go back and be a young person again and grow I will be spending my time in the Word of God as never before. But so what does it mean for the believers if this is the last year? It means that we are going home. No more sickness, no more pain, no more goodbyes. We believe eternally with our Lord. What a glorious day, amen. We are coming home where death, sin, hell is conquered. There is no more sin, no more death, no more sorrow. Oh, the prophet says, I can just hear the whistle blowing and we're nearing the city. Yes, sir, the breakers are coming in in the old ships moving into a place. God help us to leave for that hour. God doesn't call man to judgment without first warning. End of quote. But for the unbelievers and borderline believers, get back to God before it's too late. As it was in the time of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man, or when the Son of Man is revealed. When, so shall it be when the Son of Man is being revealed. I believe in the time of Noah, brother, I mentioned it on Sunday. And when Noah was preaching, he was preaching the same message over and over, over and over. 
But I think the credibility of his warning, or he lost the credibility of his warning, maybe because it became repetitive. It was because, and if it is in our time, it became repetitive. And if it was in our time, I would say it would be part of the hashtags and believers as unbelievers, you know, sharing stories and you see those things so many times and becomes so common and people become indifferent to it. You know, oh, I've heard that before. And it's like in California one time, I was young, I went to California, I studied there, or an internship there. You talk to people and one was telling some people, you know, the, the big one is coming. People are, oh yeah, it's coming. We, no worry. Sometimes I would be on the bike, you see, I was on my bike, and you, you go home, and you, oh, the, the, the land was shaking, and I, I'm scared. <laughs> my life, oh, oh, did, why did I come here? But people there, it's, it's just okay, okay? No, it's another one, it's another one, it's another one. It's another service on Wednesday, it's another service on Sunday, it's another word, we'll hear another time. But if you hear the word of God, do not harden your heart. Like, like you said, if you hear the word of God, pay attention to the word of God. Lord, examine me. Lord, is there anything hindering me from my walk with you? Put it aside, Father, because I want to be ready for you. I want to be ready for your soon coming at any time. We are already in the cycle of the coming of the Lord. There is nothing that you are waiting from the world. The world is dying. The only hope that we have is the coming of the Lord to go home. Amen. But I will talk about the Pearl Harbor. I'm saying it properly. They got so many times, so many warnings regarding it, regarding the Japanese. But people start taking it just lightly. They say, oh, you are gloom builders. You worry hard. All you think about is some trouble. Every time you preach is about trouble in the world. Trouble is... Can you give us a little bit of peace and having fun time? Can you give us a little bit of uh, uplifting messages? When you listen, Brother, Brother Banam is always in here, always in here, always here. Listen one time to the soul that in prison so spoke in there. Why, why, you always, why you always talk about women? Why do you always talk about people, about preparing your heart? Oh, it's just, it's just let, let's just have a little bit of, of fun here. And Brother Banam says, little did they, did they know that the Japanese were coming to bombard them. If they had only listened to the warning, if they had only paid attention to the warning. But we see the big, mach the big machine is already in place. We see for the world, everything is setting up for the for the tribulation. I believe that the COVID has put in people's mind to prepare them that the government can do anything in order to, between brackets, to protect them. We put everything is already in, in place. We, the big machine, as the prophet will say, the big machine is setting up now and ready to move. The mechanic is already there. They've already got the mechanical system of organization that's going to bring upon the earth a peace, they say. It's like a UN 
everything, little by little, is setting up to prepare people for persecution, for the pressure, for the time of a tribulation. Everything is setting in place, and that's my personal view. I believe, sometimes I share with people, I believe that one of the greatest things is, is the credit card and the bank system. It's amazing how they can just shut everything up by just one command. It's amazing how you, all the different companies and many of all of this, if, if not all of their transactions go through the U.S., it can just be shut like that and then you can't do anything. Like it was for the electricity, if there's just anything we could, oh, well, everything functions with electricity. Everything depends on that. And as the more as the people they put on that system, everything depends on, on the credit card or the, the bank system and everything, or your ID, everything is now unified in order to a central place. So if anything in the system, they just want to shut it down, they can shut it down and you, you become like, oh, we don't want you anymore. Now with all the system, we can see what your view, what your point of view, and they can look into you. They can look if you if you are there in the, the social media. They just put, oh, this is his point of view, so we shut it down. So everything is now about being, being in place. We see all the, the news. We see all the news happening. We see the small countries like England poking the bear, poking the Russia, the bear. We're sending weapons to the border of the Russia. It takes a little man with a little vodka, vodka just to turn things around. So we see all the signs showing us that we are really at the end. Once see with these signs, we know that the train is already in the, situ- in this, in the, in the, in the station. When you see all the things happening, don't try to put the things, say, oh, I've heard that before. Because every time that we see that, it's God giving us a warning. There will be one time it will be the last warning that we'll ever hear. But don't wait to see the big signs. It's already here. When you see the life of Jesus Christ, so many things happen in the last few hours on that day. So for the bride, don't try to wait for the big things to happen in the world. We have already received the last message for the bride. We have already received the, the, all the material to make ourselves ready. We have already received everything that we need of all to check our life with the word of God. There is not going to be another word of God to come to make the bride presentable to the bridegroom. We have received a message to present us to the bridegroom. When Jesus wept over Jerusalem, the world continued as if there was nothing happening. All the time is going so fast, but you get my idea. The world continued as if there was nothing that happened. When he cried upon Jerusalem that there was rejected, there was rejected him, everything continued normally. The world went on, the prophet said, the world went on. Oh, normally, why? For they knew not the hour. The world went right on when Noah went into the ark. The world moved right on. The scoffers in that day, they still had sex parties. They still eat and drink, marry, done the things that they do today. Just exactly normally. That old holy roller closed the door and now did ever hear of such a thing. With the situation that we are going through and the COVID and the different things. If you hear all, oh, you know, Few people disappear, we don't know them, we don't see where they are. 
the world will just carrying on, going the way it is. No one will care. Oh, it's just, it was just another case of COVID. If 2,000 people can die in one day, what, oh, they just disappear. Then, oh, we don't see our neighbors anymore. It didn't count. Or maybe it was just bad luck for COVID or whatever. The world continues on, and the rapture is gone. Surprise some people who don't come to church. Oh, no, no, I will come when the COVID will finish. It will never finish. <laughs> Sorry, this was just my voice, but <laughs> you will stay there forever and you come here. We are already gone. And you come here. There's no deacon. Our deacons are gone with us. You'll make yourself a deacon. The message is absolutely urgent. When Noah was in the ark, it's true that he passed seven days. But during those seven days, some people came there and they checked, oh, maybe it might rain tomorrow. So let's just stay nearby here. In case it rains, we go. You know, Brother Moses talked about that maybe this is the last year. So let's just try to be a little more serious. If this last year passed, Whew, he was just telling us whatever. We go back. That's not the intention I'm trying to put here. It's just to check your life. The God, is my life correct? It might not be the last, the last year for the whole bride, but it might be the last year for you, personally for you. Listen to that message. The prophet is very clear. It's very, very sharp. Whatever what age, you might be young, old, whatever age, age doesn't matter. God can take you at any time. It doesn't matter. It might be the last warning, last opportunity for you, personally for you. Tomorrow doesn't belong to you. Make your life right with God. Not playing church, not trying to hide anything. Make your life right with God. God, is my life right with you, Lord? Is there anything separating me from you? Take it away. Cleanse my heart. Make my heart right. Is there any grudge? Is there anything? Is there any bitterness? Take it away. Is there any person I can't forgive in my heart? Lord, help me to forgive. I want to make myself right with you, Lord. I want to walk with you, Lord. Make my, myself. Oh, praise be to God. Rehab, once she was told that she had to put on the token... She did not wait for the army to come and circulating around the town that will make say, oh, now Joshua is coming. Let me try to put the token. As, long as, as soon as she heard the warning, she went right away and put the token. As long as you hear the warning, that's what has to be the attitude of the bride. As long as you hear the warning, Oh, God, I want your perfect love in my heart. Lord, I want that the, the desire to serve you more in my heart. Lord, I want your presence in my heart, as we heard at the beginning. I want to be your sanctuary. I want to be your sanctuary, Father. Amen. I'm going to sound a little bit negative here, but I hope it's okay. Even Judas Iscariot was warned many times by the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 26, 24, the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. 
Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. I know the bride is not Judas and it is not a sign of perdition, but I just want to take a principle here. To hear a warning and to respond to that warning is a sign that you are predestinated. As it was told to Judah, as plainly as it was here, war unto war, war, you understand what I mean? Unto that man who will betray the son of man. And Judas, you are that man. But still, he went ahead and did this exactly the same thing. Not taking the warning that God told him, if you do this, it will be better for you, not even if you had not been born. But what was here, he had something in him that he couldn't repent. He couldn't take the warning of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he did, he just thought, oh no, this is just one of, it's okay. I will just neglect that, it's okay. I will just, I will just erase it. It's okay, I will pass on. You take it lightly, I just want a little bit of money and it will be okay. Don't take the word of God lightly. Don't never take the word of God lightly. If God speaks to your heart and it prickles your heart, never, never take the word of God lightly. Because when it speaks to your heart, it's God warning you. When it speaks to your heart, it's God prickling your heart. And if there is any seed in the heart, it will respond to the warning of God. As it was, I was saying, in the time of Noah there, all the unbelievers who were around when he was speaking there, they just came there. But after, after when it started raining, all the unbelievers became believers right away. All the unbelievers accepted the message of Noah right away after when the rain started falling. That's not what the message is about. It's not to come here and make people become believers after, after the rapture is gone. The message is here to trigger the hearts of people can say, Lord, I want the word to become flesh inside of me. Another one who neglected it was Esau. The Bible says in Hebrew 12, Lest there be any fornicate or profane person as Esau, who for a morsel of meat sold his birthright, if you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Oh, how... Let me just be clear here. If you are basing your relationship with God based on others, you are in very bad ground. Oh, I can't come here because the other person did to me. I can't serve God because the other person did to me. I can't do this because the other person did to me. I'll just tell you, it's just a morsel of meat. Don't neglect your birthright because of a morsel of meat. Don't try to put your relationship with God because of someone's reaction to you. Oh, I don't want to come. I don't want to do this. No, serve God with all your heart because it is your personal relationship between you and God. The message has come here to make a personal relationship between you and God. Amen. Read in Genesis 27. 
When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me even me also, O my father. And say, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times, and he took away my birthright. Behold, now he had taken away my blessing. He said, Hast thou not reserved the blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all of his brethren have I given to him for servant, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. What shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, and even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Like, like Judah, Judas also wept after he realized what he has made as a mistake. He wept. But that weeping was too late. Repentance that is too late after the rapture doesn't matter. Ahab studied on the road of negligence. He ended up being the worst of the kings. Heads of homes don't start any negligence. The following generation takes your negligence as something normal and the build on it to make things worse. At a home, if you have, don't have desire for the word of God or for the, for the church, for the word of God, it becomes a normal for the new generation and they build on it and make things worse. Well, so shall we do again, Brother Moses. Avoid negligence. When you see the day approaching, what should we do? Here's the advice. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Is it okay this evening? Just put waters on my heart and then I'll... Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's the kind of provocation we have. Good works. This is a testament. This God has done in my life. This God is moving. God is, God, God is still the healer. God is in control. Positive. Speaking about the word of God. And it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the man of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not less when you see the day approaching. If this is the last year, what should we do more? You should, be, you should be exhorting one another more. You should be coming to church more. You should be provoking one another more to love. That's what we have to do if this is the last year. If this like what you need to do, God, give us more of your love for more of you than less of that, oh, Father. Let's use this opportunity as much as we can. Because this our church might be closed. And the courts about it, they'll be closed. Might be important to our church, might be closed. Some people, oh, it's closed. Oh, and it gives me an opportunity to stay even longer at home. That's the right attitude. If you don't have the desire to come in church, let me tell you. I was just thinking, sorry for being a little bit personal. If you feel insecure to come to church, you can put the astronomical astronomical costume and everything and three masks. Personally, I won't bother at all as long as you have that desire to come to God. Lord, I want to be in the fellowship with my brothers. 
I want to be in that presence. There is, there is something. I'll say you are missing something when you don't come to church. God is moving in a particular way when you come to church. Personally, I like to come to church. Amen. God speaks to me in church. Amen. So I believe God speaks in different ways, but God speaks to me in church. I really encourage you, according to the word of God, come to church. Sorry, I didn't go a little bit. Sorry, but I lost track where I was. Um, Twenty-six. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain of no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of a judgment, fiery indignation, who shall devour the adversary. He that despised of Moses, law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Oh, how much sore punishment suppose he shall be? Shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and unholy thing and had done despised unto the Spirit of grace? Brother Moses, you are scaring us. Sometimes a warning has to scare people. There is not a way how Noah could have portrayed his message politically correct, not to scare people. You know, there is going to be a flood, but it's okay. You know, you are a good person. It's fine. But there is going to be a flood. Doesn't work. Judgment is on the earth. Repent or perish. The message is very clear. Without the Holy Ghost, you are going, no, not going into the rapture. You need a new birth. There is no shortcut. You need a new birth. How can I get a new birth? Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And stay in the word of God. Stay in the word of God. Keep persevering in the word of God. God shall fill you with the Holy Ghost. There's no shortcut. There's no way. There's not a way you can put the different things. But you're scaring me. Yeah, but it's a reality that is coming. The Babylonians are right there. They're right here. Kings, they're right here. You can't put it for another time. But you're scaring us, Jeremiah. Don't talk to us like that. But they're right here. Even if you don't see them, they're right here. There's no way you could have put it in a political way. It's a warning. Sometimes we are nicer. Brother Banam is not that nice when he's talking really harsh. Never we listen to it. Oh, Brother Banam, that's very hard. But it's for your good. Today you hate me, but tomorrow you will love me, says the prophet. Amen. Brother Banam says, A minister called me not long ago and said, Brother Banam, you scared the people telling them about Jesus coming. Maybe at any time like that, say, you get the people so nervous. I said, so nervous? Why? I said, sure, nobody wants to think about the end of the world. Which church do you go to? End time message. What's hard? End time message, tabernacle? Yeah, we talk about the end of the world. Can't you rejoice about things? There's nothing in the world. It's the end of the world. There's nothing in the world. He says, that's the greatest thing I can think of. Then, he says, that's the greatest thing I can think of. Then they are not ready, he said that. 
All those that love is appearing will appear. It will appear the second time. Those who love is appearing. But if you saw earthbound and still loving down here that don't hold a million times more than this does for you, then you are still down here. But if you're happy up here, you've passed from that up here, just let off the pressure, friends. It's all right and say, that's right, just let off the pressure. If you just come to Christ, this great rock, beat off of the unbelief, you'll start to rejoice in them because the pressure is going to be gone pretty soon. That's right. That's the warning. What if this is the year? It would mean that there is no grace anymore. After the rapture, there is no more grace. There is no more intercession after the coming of the Lord. The prophet says, I don't know what's time, Jehovah Jireh. It may be tonight. It may be 10 years from now or 20, but I believe he will be in this generation. I'm believing that. If he does not, I want to live just like he was anyhow, because I know that it may be my last day or your last day. Like when Isaiah went to Zedekiah, put your life in order. He went into prayer. So here we're not, he went to, when Zedekiah, Zedekiah is different from Zedekiah. Zedekiah is the one that Isaiah went and told him, put your life in order according to save the Lord. And he went there and started praying, started praying, God, you know, I've lived my righteous life. Oh God, can you give me more years to put my life in order? We are not praying for God to extend. Morris, we just pray to God. Bring, people, bring the last one in so that we go home. Amen. Amen. But there is an attitude when God speaks to you, when you realize that it is the last time. Like Abraham, you start interceding for others. Brother, God bless you. And you spoke yesterday with exhortation about intercession. I already put in my note of intercession that was just so good and blessed me yesterday on the prayer meeting. When God can bring that desire for interceding for others. When it was revealed to Abraham that this is the end for Sodom and Gomorrah, he had that spirit and desire for interceding for others. If this is the last year, Oh God, may you give us more that desire or that, that spirit of intercession for others. Lord, don't just be there having that attitude, you know, I'm right, I'm good, I'm good. But oh, just having that critical spirit, oh, they're not there, they're not there. You see what's happening, they backslidden. That, that's not the right attitude. If this is the last year, God, bring them back, Lord. Those who went astray, bring them back, Father. We don't want any of them to go away, Father. Keep them, bring them back, because prayer has a powerful, is a powerful weapon God has given us. We can pray for others. Oh God, bring them back, bring them back back. When Daniel, we'll say more about Daniel, but Daniel was actually a contemporary for Jeremiah, and he was one of the princes, and was deported. And if you look in the book of Jeremiah, you see that it was told to kill all the princes and everything, but you look in the book of, of Daniel, there's another quote that's saying, oh, the king left and gave, 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 I'm paraphrasing, he gave instruction to keep all the princes that look good and the princes who have more knowledge. And Daniel was among those people who kept. But you look in the in warning of Jeremiah, he's warning the people, says, if you, if you follow the word of God, God will spare your life. 
I believe Daniel was already following the word of God when he was listening to the advices of Jeremiah. I believe he was already listening to whatever Jeremiah is saying. I believe what Jeremiah is saying. I believe the word of God. But I'm wanting to put a point here. When, after many years, Daniel looked into the book and realized that that prophecy had to come, that there would be a return back to the homeland, when he realized that, even though he grew up as a, as a good person, he was a right person, righteous person, according to the law at that time, but when he looked into the book, he didn't just look into the book and say, oh, no, they sinned, they are here because of that, but himself put into the shoe and said, God, forgive us. We have sinned against you. We are here because of what we have done towards you. But God, may you forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, including Daniel. Forgive us, Lord. That's what we have realized. If this is the last year, Lord, may you forgive us. May you bring us all the full unity. We have loved ones. We have people, Father, who have gone astray. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, would you please bring them back? As I was listening to the soul that in prison, I just, turned my, just, just praying for my whole family, praying for the church, praying for the whole that have gone astray. God, bring them back, Father. If this is the last one, the last year, we don't want none of them to be lost. Share that one time with the brothers. The prophet says, God wants his people to pray. When Israel got so taxed in such a condition, they could not go any further. Their time was fulfilled, and the burdens were laid farther than what they thought. Then they begin to pray. When the people begin to pray, then God begins to hear. It was time for God's word to be fulfilled. And so when Amran and Jochebed saw that it was time for the word to be fulfilled, they went to prayer to God. It's usually those who pray is the one who's got the burden, the one who gets something. It's those who pray that ordain of God to do so. If this is the last year, it's time to pray to God to fill our heart with his perfect love. Because nothing can go on the other side without perfect love. I'll be closing. The musician can come. Give me just five minutes. Forgive, reconcile with others. Owe nothing to others but love. This is not a time to have camps. This is not time to be in the message camps. The thunders or the tapes of for Peters, for Apollos, for Trinidad, for Cloverdale, for Jeffersonville, for New York, for whatever group you want to be in yourself in. It's not time to be in the camps. It's the time to look a relationship with God. It's the time to look for the perfect love of God that goes beyond any other human understanding. It's the time to walk with God in humility because God lives, dwells, and works in humility. Never any other way. It's not the time to try to boast or live in a peculiar way, boasting and neglecting others. But this is the time, look God, give me a heart that is humble. Give me that heart that is obedient to the word of God. Let me see, so just play something. Just, um, the prophet says, souls are in prison. I looked like I just changed for a moment. He's talking the 
experience. I looked and I thought, and what I saw in hell, there there was that canker. I thought because they were in hell, what made them that way, a greenish blue under their eyes. Here was that woman painted with greenish blue, just the way that vision said about 40 years ago. About 40 years ago is what it's been. It's 50 hours. I was 14. I'm 54, sorry. I was 14. So about 40 years ago, that's the number in the hour of the judgment. See, the prophet was in the shopping mall. As you see that, you see, you realize that what he saw in hell is now back on earth. The world can't get worse. It's already worse. Hell is already on earth. Talking to people, sharing their mind. They are feeding on the things from her, from hell. The only source that we have is the word of God. The only source of place of a little bit of sanity is the word of God. As the prophet was telling that experience and he was tell, you don't even imagine what it is on the other side. But God's grace is so both sides. For the righteous and for those unbelievers. You don't imagine what is going for the unbelievers there. Don't even imagine to go on the other side. Don't even let that wish to your worst enemy to go on the other side. That's why we need to pray for others. That's why we need to check on the mirror of the word of God all the time. You know what happened to Ezekiah? I told that to the, the beginning, but after he was taken away, and and another group of princes came. Joanna, I forgot the name, but Joanna, he came and he asked uh, Jeremiah, "We know that the Babylonians are here. What do you want us to do? Should we stay in the land or should we go in Egypt?" Can you tell us with all your heart again what God has really told you? We have seen what you have prophesied. You talked about the king I will be taken. We have seen that fulfilled exactly the way it was. Can you now ask God to tell us whether we should go in Egypt or we should stay in the land here? It took 10 days for Jeremiah to respond to their seeking in the presence of God. And God spoke to him. I'm sorry, but when I was reading, I didn't know what will come next. I was just thinking, oh, the people are now back to God. I even wrote my Bible. People are back to God. And, and Jeremiah found from God and comes back and tells them, this is what I heard from the Lord. Don't fear the Babylonians. You have to stay here. Don't go to Egypt. You have to stay here. But themselves, because they trusted more the Egyptians and they had already had their mind set up for Egypt, they forgot the word of the Lord to them and they just want to follow their own intent that have in the heart. And just struck my heart, God, I don't want to be that way. Never. 
Never. When you can receive the warning from God, you know what the prophet says. You know the things he have said that have arrived in his life. We know that we have received that save the Lord. And when he's giving you an advice, a warning to a minister or to whoever we put there, and you just know, you, I want to go in your own way. That's not the right attitude. No. finish with this sorry for that let me tell you just before closing now I'm closing the prophet speaking there was a great reef that goes down along the side of the bank up the great hill there was a man going walking along there day just a time for the tides to come there was a noble man who lived on the hill and know these tides he know the time of day that the tides were supposed to come he knew what time the tide set in this guy didn't care what time he was one of these know-it-all. He had his own idea. He was an athletic man, smart, intelligent fellow. But he just didn't know the time of the tide. He didn't know the country. He didn't know the time the sign was right. When the moon had dropped it back from the earth. And when God ever drops his spirit from the earth, brother, she's gone. It's all over. That moon will ever move out of its place. The waters will cover the earth like it was when God studied it in Genesis 1. But the moon sat there, and when he just even turned his head, the tide started running in. This wise old man who lived there in the presence of it, knowing what time that was, this guy didn't know. He never studied it. He didn't care about it. And this wise old man ran out and said, My good man, darest thou go any farther? Turn back quickly. There is a wall. You can't get up the wall. You'll perish. It's the signs on the time. The tide will gash in all at once and you cannot return. Don't go any further. The man turned around and laughed at him saying, Go take care of your own business. I know what I can do and what I can't. And the tide caught him. See, it may be later than we think. It will catch you. Don't go any further. Don't do it, people. If you've always believed in me as being God's servant, take my word this morning. If you ever did, it might be already too late. So much scripture shows that way. Now remember, I don't say it is. I don't know. But just look. And it says down there, your life tells what you are. Now just look at yourself in God's looking glass. Say, how do I look this morning? Souls that are in prison now. How do I look this night? Is there a spot in your heart that seems so, be do so dark and in sin? If it is now, it is the time to get rid of it right now. If there is mercy left, this I hope it isn't. I hope it isn't there. But does it look like it could be? May God be merciful. There won't be any dad over there. If you go on the other side, there won't be any. Brother Banner was crying for his dad, for his mother, but they were not there. Only the Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. That's what you're singing. Into my heart.
ask me in the world a message. Whatever you just want to look at me to rededicate your life to him. Just tell him, come into my heart. Come into my heart.
bow our heads. Your desire to tell him just Lord. Just want to be ready. Just want to be more sincere. But I just want to follow your word. Give me a heart that is obedient to your word. Give me a heart filled with your love. I cannot impersonate love. I cannot impersonate the Holy Ghost. I cannot impersonate a Christian life. It has to come from you. But Father, I'm taking the first step to follow your word. You'll fill me with the Holy Ghost. Just raise your hand to him if you can. Precious Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you once again this evening for your word as we have heard. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, might be the last warning, as the prophet says. We never know when we'll get the last warning. But Father, whatever you is a warning, Father, we want to take heed to it. One Father, Lord, to hear what you are speaking, what the word of God is saying. Lord Jesus Christ, here we are in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Father, if there is anything in our heart, in the heart of my brother, in the heart of my sister, take it away. Jesus Christ, we are also coming, Father, Lord, interceding for those, oh Lord, who have back, backslidden, Father. Just want to pray, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, for you by your grace, by your grace, oh Father. Just bring them back, Lord. Just bring them back, Father. It's too late, Father, to be staying in the world. It's too late, Father. It's too, too late, Father, Lord. The hour is so advanced now. Oh, Lord, to be distracted by so many other things. Oh, Father, make us salty. Be salty. Make us, if we can use us in one way or the other, Father, Lord, to, to bring them closer to you. Let it be so, Father. This world has nothing to offer. But our souls is 10,000 world. We is worth, worth 10,000 worlds, Father. Would you please, by your grace, just touch, touch the heart, Father. We have loved ones, but you have given us the power of prayer, Father. We will be claiming them each day, each night, Father. Like knocking on the door, as we prayed yesterday. Knocking at the door like that woman, Father. Lord, in the parable of, of, the, of, the, of the judge. Lord, just knocking at the door, Father, Lord, may you bring them back. Oh, Lord, we will not leave any of us behind, Father. Lord, we are in this exodus to go together, Lord, into the millennium. That's your promise, Father. Jesus Christ, we just want to tell you that we love you, we appreciate you, we thank you, Father. Let your name be praised, Father. Bless your people, Lord. Sorry for keeping them so late, but just wanted to convey what we put in my heart and just to take your word more seriously not to have any attitude of Sedekiah or any other thing just, just putting things lightly taking things lightly but Father whenever you are speaking whether in church whether in listening to the tape whatever oh God just to be more serious and say God you are speaking to me this pertains to this area in my life Father let me put it in this Let's put that in order, Father. Not postponing it. Not putting it for another time. But Lord, may the blood of Jesus Christ wash me, cleanse me, Father. Tomorrow does not belong to me. It belongs to you. But my heart, I give it to you today. Father, we love you and appreciate you. Thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy. Forgive me, Father, Father. Maybe say properly, Father. 
We love you and appreciate you. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Like Brother Bob likes to sing this song. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. Let's go. In this little day, two days of time.